0: Freightwaves continues to follow the incredibly sad story of Indianapolis based carrier Seldon Group abruptly shutting its doors, leaving 4,000 people without jobs weeks before Christmas. We here at Freightwaves want to help. Freightwaves has established a free job work for companies to post their openings and for people looking for employment in the freight industry to share their resumes. There's no cost for anyone to participate. Hundreds of jobs have already been added to the site. If you're looking for employment or have a job to post, head to freightwaves.careers. Welcome to Drilling Deep, the podcast where we drill deep into oil markets, the lifeblood of the transportation sector. And we also drill deep with our weekly guest. I'm your host, John Kingston. Today, our guest is going to be Chris Visser of JD Power. He's going to talk about something very specific, very, very timely. He's going to be talking about the used truck market in the wake of the Celadon collapse. What happens when a company goes under and thousands of trucks are likely to get dumped into that used truck market? How does it react? This is an unprecedented move. You'll hear that from Chris later on. Uh, so what are we going to see in, in terms of used truck prices? But first, I want to talk about a success story that is being portrayed in several places as a failure. Last week, Chevron took a write down. It was a big write down. The exact numbers aren't certain, but according to the company, it's going to be, be between $10 billion and $11 million where they write down the value of some assets. They actually call it an impairment. A little bit of background before we talk about what Chevron did. There's a new phrase that's hot in the discussions about hydrocarbons, and that term is stranded assets. And stranded assets essentially means that it's an asset owned by a company that isn't likely to ever be brought to market because some set of economic or regulatory conditions. You don't hear that phrase just in oil, but that is where the discussion is very, very hot right now. To me, the most stranded asset in the world or stranded assets in the world of oil right now are in the ground in Venezuela. Uh, Venezuela has the world's largest oil reserves. That's probably not widely known, but it's true. Uh, The government is completely dysfunctional. The state oil company, which used to be considered sort of one of the the great state oil companies in the industry, is even more dysfunctional than the government if if you didn't think that was possible. And right now, there's likely no way of bringing those assets to market barring some really big change. So certainly, I would think that those are stranded assets. But the stranded assets arguments that's hitting big oil companies right now, and little ones too, in both the US and Canada, is that there are a whole lot of assets that these companies have. They're sitting on the books, but there are going to be a set of conditions that will render those assets moot and stranded. So what might some of those conditions be? Well, the rise of renewables is the one thing you hear a lot, particularly when, it, when you're talking about natural gas, because natural gas, of course, is used heavily to produce electricity. Renewables like solar and wind are used to make electricity as well. So the view is that a lot of those natural gas assets will be stranded by the rise of renewables. The rise of battery-powered vehicles, displacing gasoline and diesel, that could leave some oil assets stranded as well. There could be some sort of carbon tax or other regulatory step or steps that seek to cut back on the use of hydrocarbons. So whatever the combination is, it would leave those assets uneconomical to be produced and they'd be stranded. There have actually been some proxy fights with publicly traded oil and gas companies that have been launched by opponents of the industry The opponents are trying to say the company is misleading their shareholders. They're carrying assets on the books that are not actually likely to ever be produced and essentially that their value is zero. There was a huge court battle in New York that went on for years. It just ended in the last couple of weeks. It ended with a crushing defeat for the anti-oil activists that made that kind of argument. Their arguments – covered other grounds too. The stranded assets, one, didn't really work at first, so they kind of took a different tack. But whatever it is, they lost really across the board. So stranded assets, a stranded assets write down had nothing to do with what Chevron did, although some people did try to portray it as such. What it had to do with was the fact that the world is absolutely awash in natural gas, Largely because of the surging production in the US. The Henry Hub price, which is really the most significant natural gas price out there, is down below $2.20 per thousand cubic feet. 12 years ago, around Christmas time, it was about $7 per cubic feet. So you can do the math on how big a decline that is. So, you know, it's possible that the assets that Chevron will write down may never get produced. In essence, by rendering them, by, by writing them down, uh, that's really what they're saying. But these are mostly dry assets in the Appalachian. Uh, dry assets in natural gas means when you bring up the gas, you just get gas. You don't get propane. You don't get butane. Those things are actually considered oil or considered petroleum products, and they have a value far beyond the natural gas. But the assets that are being written down by Chevron, they don't have this. So they're a lot less valuable than, than those that do. And, you know, yeah, it's possible that the, re- the rise in renewables is putting some downward pressure on the price of natural gas as solar and wind make inroads. But just go and Google the terms renewables and stalled. You will see multiple stories over the last year and a half that the growth in renewables, despite all the tailwinds it gets, from government programs, you'll see that that growth has stalled in the last two years. And meanwhile, gas is down more than $1. fifty per MCF just from last year. That's more than 50%. That isn't because of a stalled renewables market. The reason is because the U.S. has a lot of gas in the ground. It's getting better all the time at getting it out of the ground, and it's doing so even as the rig count falls. The rig count is exactly what it sounds like. It's the number of rigs that are operating. It's been declining significantly in the last year, and yet the U.S. continues to produce more oil and more gas. So this is not an anti-renewable screed. If you're a homeowner and you put rooftop solar on your house – and your power bill plummeted as a result, well, you know what? Good for you. Of course, you probably got a nice tax break for doing so. And maybe you can sell the excess electricity back to the provider at the retail price. And that's a price that's effectively subsidized by the poor have-nots who don't have a rooftop solar. It's called net metering. It might be one of the one of the most regressive uh, economic programs I can possibly think of, but it's out there. But anyway, that's a separate issue. The fact remains that no matter how you spin it, Chevron took a more than $10 billion write down on the value of assets because the country has learned how to produce this energy-dense fuel in tremendous quantities. And the export markets, not just the domestic markets, but the export markets for it via LNG are just not rising fast enough. U.S. demand for natural gas is expected to be higher in 2020 than it was in 2019. Not a lot, but it is rising. It isn't going away. Renewables are going to have to compete against this dense, plentiful fuel that provides non-intermittent electric power and heat. It's a tough battle ahead for renewables and they shouldn't and the backers of renewables should not delude themselves into thinking that Chevron's write-down means they actually have won around because they didn't. All right, we're going to shift a little bit now on the show. We're going to talk the trucking market, and specifically, we're going to tr- talk about one aspect of the Celadon closure that uh, is going to maybe be impacting the market for a long time, and that is, what are they going to do with all these trucks? And the thought I had was that probably nobody has a better handle on the used truck market than Chris Visser. Chris is the senior analyst and product manager of commercial vehicles at JD Power & Associates. They put out a number or a series of numbers, really, every month. About how the used truck market for Class A vehicles is doing. So I want to have him on, Chris. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for the kind words, John. Good to talk to you again.
0: So, have you ever seen anything like what we might expect, which is a an enormous number of trucks flooding into the used truck market? I, you know, we can't say that necessarily all of them are going to be there. But uh, in your history, in in your knowledge of this industry, do we have any anything, any kind of precedence at all?
1: The background to that, to my answer, is gonna be that this year in general has seen a lot more fleet bankruptcies than last year. Uh, Many times more trucks entering the used market as a result of bankruptcies than we saw last year. Um, But to to answer your question directly, um, not in my recent memory. And I think the closest comparison we have is the New England motor freight bankruptcy earlier this year. Now, I think they had about half the number of trucks in their fleet than uh, Celadon does, which puts them at somewhere around uh, 1,200, 1,500 trucks that eventually entered the market over a couple of months. Um, In the context of what effect those trucks had on the market uh, in the face of all the other bankruptcies, as well as the cyclical downturn and oversupply in the truck market that would have happened anyway, uh, I think that was probably not a very notable effect. And it might be surprising to hear that. I, I think that's probably going to be the same answer for Celadon. Uh, if you figure they have about 3,300 trucks total, um, probably about 60-70% of those are sleeper tractors, and that's of course the segment of the industry that's suffering the most. You're down into the high tw- high 2,000 level. Uh, of course, those are going to cycle through over the course of a few months, not all at once. And uh, with that in mind, um, you know, keep keep in mind the new truck. New class eight deliveries are about twenty thousand a month.
0: What do you normally see in a in, in an average month of the number of used trucks hitting the market? That's tough
1: to say. We collect about ten percent of the industry's data, uh, maybe ten to fifteen percent. Uh, that's a few thousand per month. So it's uh, it's many times larger than the number of trucks that Celadon alone is going to contribute to the to the used truck market.
0: Right. Um, okay. So yeah, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna try to compare it to the, the number you had on uh, on New England Motor Freight. He said that was about 15 trucks hitting the market. Even if you double that for Celadon, that's, thir- uh, let's say, 3,000 trucks. I, I hate to say that because I don't want anybody listening to walk away saying, no, Celadon is going to sell 3,000 trucks because no. we don't know the exact number. But it's against a, a market that is measured in the tens of thousands per month.
1: That's correct. Yeah.
0: Yep. Right. Okay. So, So is it safe to say that when New England Motor Freight went out, you really did not see any impact in the market? Yeah, it was it was more of a piling
1: on. Uh, I mean, it probably had an incremental effect or impact to the supply of used trucks coming back into the market, but it, it didn't single-handedly cause any real movement, I wouldn't say. And I don't think Celadon's trucks are going to uh, cause any, any real movement either. It'll be incremental if it does. But one nice thing about Celadon's fleet is they had started taking delivery of uh, model year 18 and 19 trucks uh, over the past year, as far as I know. Uh, so a lot of the trucks coming back are going to be of the, the newest model years out there in the used truck market, which are actually in pretty high demand and still bringing pretty high prices. Uh, so there could be some impact on uh, pricing in the 18 and 19 model years as a result of this, just because the proportion will probably be a little bit greater to, uh, weighted towards Celadon's trucks. But, you know, the nice part is it's not going to be the typical three, four, five year old tractor that um, where, the, where the devaluation is happening in the in the market right now.
0: Right. And let's point out that when you put out your monthly numbers on the strength of the used truck market, you are you look at, let's say, three oh. years back, four years back, model 16, 2015, et cetera. So uh, the, the 18, 19 numbers, is that a market that's so thin that it's really just tough for you to to get a handle on that?
1: Uh, yeah, we have data on 18s and uh, 18s especially, but uh, 19s are starting to trickle in. We're, we're starting to just see some 20s in the market now, too. Um, but... Um, I know that's where the strength of the market is, that there's still a, a much healthier supply-demand relationship in the 18 and newer trucks.
0: Okay. Now, in your latest uh, in your latest report on what the market was doing, you the volume of four to seven-year-old trucks sold at auction in November was very similar to October. Pricing was mildly lower on average. And then you lay out some numbers, and as I read them, I thought to myself, they don't look mildly lower to me. They look a lot lower. So you had uh, the, the 2016 model trucks sold uh, on average 9.4 percent lower than October. That's about 31, almost 32 hundred dollars. The 2015 trucks were down 11.5. If that's mild, what's bad?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, one one thing we have to do is be careful not to look at one month as a trend. Um, so I, I kind of to get a sense of what's happening on average uh, in a macro sense in the the auction side of the market. I like to uh, combine three, four or four to four to seven year old trucks and kind of average depreciation for those trucks together because that's where the volume is. Uh, that puts us at a little over three percent per month depreciation, which is higher than typically uh, higher than historically typical, uh, but typical for an oversupplied situation. So the you know, the nine percent month over month uh, just that's just an anomaly, uh, you know, a monthly anomaly based on, uh, you know, low supply just. Uh, creating uh, bigger swings in averages that uh, aren't necessarily indicative of what the market's actually doing.
0: All right. And then I thought more interesting was your numbers for the full year. In the first 11 months of 2019, you said the benchmark group of four to six year old trucks brought in 12.3 percent less money than in the same period of 2018. And the market, you said, was actually strong earlier in the year, which indicates that in the, the latter part of that that time frame, it was pretty weak.
1: Yeah, exactly. I and mean, the, 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 more, the more accurate comparison is the last two months of this year compared to the last two months of last year. And that, that puts the variance at more at, uh, closer to 30%, which is, uh, you know, everybody's feeling the impact of that. And that's a tough nut to swallow for uh, any fleet who owns their trucks.
0: And do you, and do you think the reason for that is just these bankruptcies? Of course, everybody's focused on Celadon. It's an enormous bankruptcy. You had Falcon, you had, uh, New England Motor Freight, but those are the big ones that get, get all the headlines. The fact is companies with five trucks, 10 trucks, they go out of business very quietly. There's no announcement. There's no story. Uh, are you seeing them causing this, this weakness in the market? Are they a major factor?
1: Uh, yeah, it's got to, it's got to have some factor. I mean, uh, I just saw a, a news story recently quoting, uh, Donald Broughton, um, the, of, uh, his, uh, his analytics firm that tracks the trucking industry. Uh, he, he his figure, uh, uh lists 24,000 trucks, uh, entering the market strictly due to bankruptcy this year compared to, uh, somewhere around 2,800 last year. Uh, wow. you know. So ten you know almost a ten times increase in twenty four thousand trucks that's a that's probably about two months worth of worth of uh, used truck supply right there so yeah that's in, yeah the the bankruptcies in general are are probably having a bigger impact and that's probably driving a lot of the uh, devaluation at this point
0: right I guess you you couldn't have possibly modeled for the year and thought that twenty four thousand trucks were going to come on in, the, in a small short period in the second half of the year.
1: Yeah, here's the here's the thing. We all know the trucking industry is cyclical. Um and we all knew that the economy was being juiced greater than typically uh going into 2018 because of the tax cuts and incentives. Um and then we all knew the downside was going to be worse because uh A we're pulling back from uh an artificially juiced economy and B we're in a you know the tariff war which is impacting uh freight around the you know with our trading partners and also domestically. Uh, so we saw those signs coming. Um, the problem is if you're a fleet who owns their equipment at a certain price and you have set residuals, guaranteed residuals, or if you're a finance company uh, sitting on those residuals who has to honor those numbers, um, what do you do? You know, that's that's a big reason. Well, that is the reason that Celadon was in so much trouble uh, because back in 2018 is, is when they got nabbed for uh, artificially inflating the the book value or the the Uh, balance sheet figures um, for what their fleet was actually worth. And and that's what uh, got their two uh, leaders uh, into legal trouble. And that's probably the biggest factor that led to their uh, bankruptcy today.
0: Anytime you're talking about used truck markets, you have to talk about new truck markets as well. So, Chris, I want to ask you, uh, let's talk about the new truck market. I'll take the most recent FTR numbers. November was called a disappointing month with 17,300 units. I guess in the craziness of last year, uh, the record-breaking 2018, there were months where that hit like 40,000 units. What in your studies has you seen is the correlation between the market for new trucks and used trucks? Is it direct or is it inverse?
1: Uh, generally, it's, it's direct. Uh, they usually move in the same direction. So if people are looking for uh, more new trucks, they're also looking for used trucks, because uh, you know most buyers or many buyers are not new truck buyers. Uh, you know anybody buying a, for a small fleet or an owner operator is generally in the used market so uh demand uh directionally moves in tandem for new and used trucks and uh now in the in the recent environment uh with new trucks being pretty depressed uh the used truck retail environment is pretty depressed also in fact um our you know my benchmark for a, a relatively healthy uh used truck economy is around five trucks retailed per dealership rooftop, and now we're uh well below four, which is a, a pretty slow environment and, and that's per month, right. Uh, per month, yeah.
0: Right. Okay. So, that I mean, if you're down from five to four, you know, that's a 20% decline. That's obviously very big.
1: Yeah. And it's it's actually around three and a half. So, yeah, even, even oh, worse okay. than that.
0: Yeah. What uh, What is the split in used truck sales? How many tend to go through the auction route and how many tend to go through the retail route? Is there a percentage breakdown that you think is fairly traditional?
1: Uh, in terms, I, I don't have precise figures on that. Um, and we collect somewhere around ten to fifteen percent of the used truck market in terms of retail. Uh, and I think, um, with you know, general estimates of how many trucks are sold at auction, I'm going to guess it's roughly comparable, uh, probably with a nod to auctions, uh, especially in times like we're in now, uh, where uh, pricing is much lower for used trucks and uh, dealers are having. Trouble uh, moving them at retail. So a lot of these trucks just go through auctions to be sold to uh, either end users or dealers or wholesalers. So you have a a bigger uh, pool of potential buyers at auctions. So I think auctions are probably moving more trucks than retail right now. But um, it's not historically, it's probably not a massive difference.
0: Based on what you know about used truck markets and when they're strong, when they're weak, if you were to sit down with Celadon and they were trying to figure out what their strategy should be on selling their used trucks, what do you think you tell them?
1: Yeah, to move a large, you know, relatively large volume of trucks in a short period of time, there's never going to be an ideal strategy. Uh the best they can do are, or you know, the best answer probably is to move the trucks through a, a large auction company that has uh inspection services. Uh, that you can get a warranty on your truck through a third party. Uh, you know, you, it, the more, if you add a warranty to a used truck, it undeniably carries a, a premium over a truck without a warranty. Uh, the one thing they have in their favor is uh, trucks from large fleets are generally viewed favorably in the used market because they're, uh, they have a maintenance history. So, uh, you know, the auction services are probably the way to go um, uh, rather than, Uh, trying to manage it uh, through whoever's handling the the bankruptcy liquidation, uh, trying to do it on their own. Uh, You know, in 2018, early 2018, uh, it would have been a seller's market. So they could have uh, made some some good return uh, selling them to end users. But I think at this point, the, the auction is the way to go.
0: Right. Of course it was still two thousand eighteen, they would have had fabulous rates to bail them out. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's true too.
0: Yeah. yeah true. So in, in an auction, is there a how do you how would you categorize the buyers in the auction or are they just so diverse that uh, trying to trying to pigeonhole them is, is is pointless?
1: Yeah, some auctions have different pools of buyers. Uh you know, some auctions are traditional, uh strictly to wholesalers or dealers. Uh other auctions have more end users. Uh, And it it really just varies by auction. There are really four main large auctions and they each have uh, their own unique pool. Uh, Mainly it's how many end users are at the auction.
0: Okay. In the the market for used trucks, uh, given that OEMs are rolling out more and more trucks with automatic transmission, are you finding a significant differential in the market, in the used truck market for trucks with automatic transmission and trucks with standard manual transmission?
1: yeah definitely now, and I think that market changed pretty rapidly maybe six seven years ago and I think uh you know the, the market is word of mouth travels so quickly uh especially among drivers and uh the reliability of AMts is much better than it was a decade ago, and the newer offerings uh you know work uh, much better uh, the the logic is is better than it had been uh so you're not always fighting the automatic if you're a a, a veteran driver. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, premium that we put on AMTs, uh, most of the offerings out there right now are generally in the 2000 to $3,000 uh, ad over a 10-speed manual for a two- to three-year-old truck. Um, so there is definitely a premium in the used market. Uh, most buyers are looking for AMTs at this point.
0: All right, now but your number, the, the number that you come out with every month, is just one unitary number that would involve AM, involve AMTs and manual, correct?
1: Uh, yeah, we we put a uh, we put an ad for all the different AMTs. Uh, you know, we have we have a different ad for each AMT that's out there, but it's it's roughly in the two to three thousand dollar range, and that's over a ten speed manual.
0: Okay, now you touched on this briefly in the interview earlier, but let me ask you, what's uh, what's your forecast for twenty twenty?
1: Uh, it's going to be an interesting year. Um, unfortunately, I don't think anyone's forecasting much better conditions in 2020. Uh, there's still going to be too many trucks in inventory. Uh, now the the rate of trucks returning to the used market is, is going to slow down, uh, but they're all going into a, a market that's already oversaturated. So we still have too many trucks to work through. Um, I think uh, best a likely uh, slightly optimistic scenario for pricing, is we hit a bottom in the second quarter, uh, then potentially tick slightly upward in the summer, at which point uh, uncertainty about the presidential election will kick in and probably keep a damper on uh, any further increases, as well as uh, any improvement in uh, macro economic conditions. Um, you know, and we, we need to look at uh, how we're going to resolve this tariff war, whether we're going to keep moving forward on that or start moving forward on that. And also the, the trade agreements, um, USMCA looks like it's about to be ratified, which would be a big step in the right direction. Um, but, you know, that's all the uncertainty that everybody talks about. And it's kind of unforced errors that uh, that we need to resolve before uh, the economy can, uh, you know, kind of start building back up from its, its new foundation.
0: All right. Well, sometime in 2020, why don't we have you back here on Drilling Deep? We can talk about what you're seeing then.
1: I'll look forward to that.
0: All right, Chris Visser J.D. Power talking about the used truck market, particularly in light of the fact that Celadon is going to dump a lot of trucks into that used truck market. We're going to be keeping abreast of this story at FreightWaves.com as we do with everything else. So please join us again. I am John Kingston for Drilling Deep. Thank you very much.